Welcome to Because I Want to Know, the podcast where I interview guests about their crazy, unique occupations or life experiences. I'm your host, Leslie Fear. So let's get into it, shall we? Hey, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Meredith Constant. Uh, She is a blogger. She's an historian. She also has her own podcast called Constant Reality Check. And I can't believe she's on my show. I'm so happy to have her here. Welcome to the show, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like we're already best friends. This is just a continuation of our conversations. Um, it's It really is. And guys, before we even get started, I have to tell you the story of how I met Meredith. And it is a mind-blowing thing. Don't you think, Meredith? Oh, it is a trip. I For a second, I was like, maybe I'm being punked. Maybe Ashton Kutcher, <laughs> whatever his name is, brought back that show. Because I was like, this could not be real. No, it can't be real. So it was like the parent trap when they find out, the twins find out <laughs> that they're twins and they have the same birthday. That's what it felt like. Right? You guys. Okay, so, you know, I love history. Everybody that listens to me knows I love history. And so Meredith has all these histories on, you know, the Royals and, you know, the Kennedys. We're going to talk about that today. And just all these things. Hollywood. I love all of that. You guys know that. So I was very drawn to her. So I friended her and I found her Instagram and I said, hey, I love your, you know, your videos. I'd love to have you on my podcast. And she's like, oh, I'd I'd love to. I've got my own podcast. And that was cool. So we, we have that in common already. But I said, hey, I'm in Dallas and I'm on Central Time. She goes, oh, you know, I used to live in Texas. Where did you used to live? And take it from here, Meredith. Oh, yeah. I mean, so it was like, oh, yeah, we, okay, DFW, which is a metroplex. It is huge. So I'm like, wow, what a coincidence. And then we get like more granular and you name the town you live in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I lived in that town. And then we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then you're talking through, you're like, I'm sure you don't know where this is, but it's kind of down this road, down this side street. I live on this side street. And I replied, I lived on that street. (laughs) On the same street, you guys. My my mind, my mind was like that emoji, like just the explosion emoji. (laughs) I could not believe it. For a second, I was like, maybe she's crazy. Um, But then you did a video and showed me exactly where you were and I realized oh my gosh she's really legit this is either the best long con ever (laughs) or this is real it is just the most bizarre thing guys she lived on the same street I still live here uh four houses down from me she used to walk our streets and guess what she had the same floor plan just reversed than mine not even kidding never I cannot believe we never crossed paths that makes me so mad because we're so alike it's (laughs) oh we would have been a mess we would have been just tearing up that street no one would know what to do with us we were just like whirling dervishes it might have been better that we don't know each other until now because we have some space between us (laughs) (laughs) but anyway so that was the mind-blowing situation guys so it was meant to be for me to meet meredith and for meredith to meet me see i did a rhyme there and didn't even mean to okay so Today, today we're going to do a podcast on the curse of the Kennedys because guys, this fascinates me and Meredith knows so much about this. I know enough to kind of keep it going, but all the little fun little details and nitty gritty of it all, she knows all of it. So I'm going to let her go and I'll ask her questions along the way. So let's talk about the curse of the Kennedys, Meredith. Let's do it. So my Kennedy, I feel like the Kennedys have always kind of been in the backdrop of my life. Um, My grandparents are from Boston. They live on the Cape now. The Kennedy lore has just kind of always been around me. I actually have a weird JFK Jr. story. I don't know if you want me to save that, though, or if you want to, like, dive in now. Whenever you want to. I'm fine. Whatever you want to do. I'm going to save it for later. A little little intrigue. (laughs) Um, But I pretty much been fascinated by the Kennedys for a long time. 
And <laughs> this story really lets you know all you need to know about me. The summer before ninth grade, my future stepfather saw me reading The Fitzgeralds and the Kennedys by Doris Kearns Goodwin. If you need a book to read, oh, wow. grab that sucker. It is massive, but she is such a beautiful writer yes. and has such a way of telling stories. It's so good. And I was reading it, you know, for funsies because I was very cool as a 13-year-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she wrote Team of Rivals, correct? Yes, okay. she wrote that. Okay. She wrote The Linden. I think I've read every single book she's okay. written. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. yeah, so my stepdad comes over and he sees that I'm reading this book. And it's, you know, it's about 900 pages and I'm at the beginning. And he looks at me and he goes, he doesn't know me that well yet. He's like, I bet you 20 bucks that you won't finish that book. And this is the early 2000s. I mean, 20. I said, okay. And I said, oh, you don't know me. And I finished that book. I finished that book with time to spare. And he has never bet me on a book reading contest again. Never happened. See, you get them that way. But the thing is, we didn't have the cell phones uh, back in the early 2000s like we did. We did, but not like we do now. I mean, my entire life revolves around TikTok. Uh, well, I don't want to admit that, but I kind of need to. Um, I need to probably go to a group therapy class or something uh, because TikTok has taken over my life. And my husband's like, can you put the phone down? And I'm like, um, okay, yes. Yes, yeah, same. Okay. So at 15, ninth grade, you were already really engrossed and the whole Kennedy thing. So, and you lived up there close, right? Um, I grew up in New Jersey, but again, my grandparents were both born in Boston and okay. Revere and Roxbury. And then we summered at the Cape. My grandparents would rent a house on the Cape and we would go up to Cape Cod and summer there. And the Kennedys summered in Hyannisport and there's right. the big Kennedy Museum up there, Kennedy Compound. So again, it's just kind of entrenched in Kennedy lore. Right. So I just feel like I've kind of always been around it. But it's just so funny that, you know, you're around this and that you love it so much and that, you know, you guys, we've become best friends. We're like attached at the hip. We've been talking so much before we started recording. It's really funny. I talk to Leslie more than my husband. I have to be honest. <laughs> Well, when you have the kind of background you and I discovered we have, it's like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? So now we feel like we're best friends, um, even though I'm like 20 years older than you. Uh, and we it's won't okay, go there. Because internally, I'm 74. We've already talked about this. <laughs> right. See, guys, she's so funny. Um, but no, I love that you loved him at an early age. And I felt like that about Henry VIII. I mean, I liked him before it was cool to like Henry VIII. So um, and now everybody loves the Tudors and all that. Of course, that's old. But you know, he comes up a lot. It didn't come up a lot, at least for me when I was younger. And now it's all over the place. So tell me the rest. I love, uh, how, you're like, I love how you're like, I loved Henry VIII before it was cool to like Henry VIII. Because I'm so not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's funny because, you know, just because I was just drawn to that era and, you know, I'm going to go a little woo-woo on you. I love that maybe I had a past life in that era or that time period. And I'm thinking, I'm, that. yeah, I might've had some kind of, I, I feel like I was privy to something like a lady in wedding. I wasn't anybody important, but some. I hope you had a good job. I hope you had a good job. That's, <laughs> that's just what I'm like. I hope you had a good job. I hope you didn't end up going, you know, to the gallows. And so, you know, I just, I just, just hope it was good for you. Well, well, thank you because my last, uh, I don't, you listened to the Abby one, the past life regression on me, did you? Yeah. yeah. Well, that one was kind of tragic. Yeah. Uh, didn't go great. No. <laughs> that's why maybe this life is because it's so good. Uh, maybe that's why I'm, I'm learning the karma or I'm at least living out the karma. But anyway, back to the Kennedy curse. Tell me more about what you know. We can start with the early years and kind of move forward, yeah, whatever you want to do. It. Okay. Let's get into it. So where I always struggle with the Kennedys is, is cursed. You know, curse is a very heavy word. And, and I go back and forth between was this family cursed or did they just have like a crap ton of kids? You know, because <laughs> right. the odds are kind of stacked against you after a certain point, especially when you're having children, you right. know, before modern medicine. Right. But 
the tragedy starts very early in this family. So Rosanna Fitzgerald Cox is the maternal great-grandmother of JFK. She's okay. born in Ireland in around 1834. She marries Thomas Fitzgerald in Boston in 1857. Wow. She has 12 children wow. and a very short lifespan. But she died suddenly. And are you ready to hear how she died? How? Because this is tragic. Okay. She heard a rumor that her entire family had been killed in a train wreck on their way to a Sunday school picnic. The rumor was false, but it left her so stressed that she died from the shock of it. The family came home and she's just dead. Oh, do you think that's the same kind of thing that happened with uh, Debbie Reynolds when Carrie Fisher died? Oh, I, I, I feel like it's possible. I mean, can you imagine this is your entire yeah, life? Yeah. I'm not trying to compare the two, but sometimes I think that kind of heartache and shock can do something to your body. I can't imagine. So, but it was a rumor. Oh my gosh, Meredith. Can you, can you just imagine? No. Yeah. And so it starts out pretty dark, you know, yeah. I mean, it starts already like, wow. And then you get into, and, and really it's JFK and his siblings. So just a little background. Rose Fitzgerald is JFK's mom. She's okay. born in 1890 in Boston. Her father is Honey Fitz. He's the first American-born Irish mayor of Boston. Okay. So this made Rose like a great asset to not only her husband, Joe Kennedy, but also, you know, her son's future campaigns right. because she was really, really good at it. I mean, there have been people that have said that if it was a different age, she could have run for president. You know, oh, like wow. she was she was that dynamic and that solid of a figure. Joseph Kennedy, not my favorite. Not my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah. He is something. He he was a millionaire by 30. Wow. Um, but kind of like shady dealings. Like he's been accused of trading in bootleg liquor during the prohibition. Oh wow. He made his money in stock exchange manipulation. He was so good at it that FDR made him chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission, and he basically outlawed everything he did to make his million. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah. It's like hiring the criminal to yeah. say, okay, where are the loopholes and close them? Right. No. And I mean, he also like had a pretty bad take on World War II. He really wanted America to stay isolationist, which a lot of people did. There was fatigue from World War One. But he kind of had this like Hitler is misunderstood thing, oh. which like, not great. No, it's no. Not that, no, that's not good. Yeah, he was pretty anti-Semitic. He also was chummy with Senator McCarthy. So not picking the right sides in a lot of things. He was also just a very difficult father. He definitely wanted to run for office and be president in his own right. The closest he got to political office was being named ambassador to the UK. Mm. He was grooming his eldest son for that. But sadly, he died. We'll get to that. But he was a tough father. He expected his sons to prepare for public life. And he wanted his daughters to marry distinguished men who would become naturalized Kennedys. Like you were being consumed into this family, no matter who you were. If you were a man marrying a daughter, you were becoming a Kennedy in all but last name. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he, yeah. this dynasty was starting really early. He was really tough. So around the dinner table, they couldn't just like chit chat. They had to discuss national issues. Mm. And it, it became so difficult that Robert, who was, you know, younger, there was an age gap, became so shy because he was so afraid to speak up. Oh, wow. And that was an affliction he would battle the rest of his life. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So wow. Dinner tables were rough. Dinner tables were rough. It wasn't like, hey, how was your day? Like, did you work on your math? It was like, what did you read in the New York Times today? Because they were expected to read the Times from an early age. What do you think about Hitler invading, you know, whatever the, the news story of the day was? Like, that's what you were expected to talk about. Wow. 
it seems really hard to be always on when you're a kid or, or at least a younger adult, right? It sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then getting into the kids. So this is where I think you really see the bulk of why the Kennedys are considered by some cursed. So you have nine children in total. Okay. Right. We have tough endings and mishaps for more than half of them. Mm. So you start with Joseph Kennedy Jr. He was the son that was being groomed for the presidency. He was smart. He was healthy. He was athletic. He volunteered, was compelled to serve in World War II when a lot of honestly wealthy sons were getting out of serving. And he dies in a plane crash during World War II. His plane exploded in the air. He was 29. So he he dies. And then Jack, who is the sickly second son who had Addison's disease, among other issues, is is the one that is now okay well next in line so john f kennedy is the second child born he's obviously the the 35th president yeah yeah Yeah. oh yeah basically what happened so john f kennedy is the second born 35th president he's assassinated in dallas november 22nd 1963 Mm -hmm. and you know he has three kids to survive past infancy patrick um infamously passed away at about two days old jackie had him while in the white house obviously that was tragic Then you have Rosemary Kennedy, and she's the first girl born. She has a delayed birth, and she's thought to have a lack of oxygen at birth, which might have led to some delays in her ability. She was always behind the other children. And she ended up having a botched lumbotomy in 1941. It was authorized by her father. Her father did it without Rose, the mother, knowing. She didn't know. Can you imagine you come home and your daughter, who, yes, is a little slower, is now completely incapacitated. She couldn't walk or talk the rest of her life, Mm. and she had to be institutionalized. It ended up really motivating Eunice, who's one of the younger sisters later in her life, um, with a lot of the work that she did. The big thing with Rosemary is that Joseph Kennedy didn't want his family to seem off. He was already projecting this Kennedy ethos of these kind of perfect healthy children and rosemary didn't fit into that older she started acting out and just having some problems where she probably just needed assistance a lobotomy probably wasn't the answer no because you know the embarrassments room i think that's the name of the movie where you know this perfect family oh no we can't show that there's someone that's not up to par for the Kennedys or up to par for our family name. So let's hide them away in our attic or institutionalize them and never talk about them again. And I don't even think he had a whole lot to do with her. None of the family did. He didn't really. I mean, Eunice was definitely pretty involved and close with her sister. And she was definitely influenced by what happened to Rosemary. Rosemary's that tragic case where I think to myself, with better medical care, like if Rosemary was born in the 1990s or the 2000s, mm-hmm. would she have these issues? I just feel like she could have lived such a better quality of life because oh, sure. people have a better understanding of how to work, how to rehabilitate, how to help people live. Like, it, it just makes me sad, like the what could have been. Right, yeah. So there's a pattern here, though. There's like this, there's always something that's, right. yeah, well, there, yeah. but it's not just one little thing. These are huge things. These are huge events. When someone dies in a plane crash and when somebody has a lobotomy, you know, and it doesn't go away, guys, because we're going to get into this. And a lot of you already know what happened with the Kennedy brothers. You already know what happened with them, but we're oh. going to keep going. Oh, yeah. Leslie, we have more plane crashes. Oh. Are you ready? Oh, I did not know this. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Here no. we go. Yeah. So after Rosemary comes Kathleen Kennedy. Her nickname is Kick, and she was just effervescent, full of life. She really loved London when they when they lived over there. She ended up going to Queen's College, and she worked with the Red Cross. She met her ex-husband, Lord Hardington, over there. Unfortunately, her husband dies during the war in 1944. Mm-hmm. And then four years later, 
Kathleen perishes with her new partner in a plane crash. Oh my God. Just like, again, private planes, not great for the Kennedys. <laughs> no, so not. you already have two children who die at a young age in plane crashes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, so then we have a little reprieve. Eunice Kennedy is born and she lives a nice long life and she helps create the Special Olympics. She does just a lot of work to help differently abled people. That's awesome. Go right. Eunice. Right. She also has a bunch of kids. Then you have Patricia. Patricia, yeah, she develops some bad drinking habits, but what Irish Catholic doesn't? Right. Um, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to have at least one alcoholic in the family. Of you know course. what I mean? Yeah. You're asking for it. And that's like the least of their problems, let's be honest. But she lives till 2006. So again, we're okay. Right. Then we get Robert F. Kennedy. He was assassinated while running for president in 1968. The, the claim was for supporting Israel. He was shot after a victory speech at Los Angeles Ambassador Hotel after winning the California primary. He left behind 11 kids. Oh, my God. I, you know, I didn't even know he had 11. I knew he had a lot. I had no idea he had 11. 11. Oh, my God. What do you do with 11 kids? <laughs> I have no idea. So you think about it, though. At this point, this mother has lost Four of these children, one is institutionalized, yeah. but she had a really strong faith. And apparently she just like held on to that, like tunneled deep into her faith. And if that brought her peace, more power to her. Yeah, I mean, she's so, already lost two sons and then a daughter to a lobotomy and plane crash, the, the plane crash. Yeah. But it keeps yeah, going. Two plane crashes, oh two assassinations and a lobotomy. Oh, my God. But then we'll keep going. Yeah. So we have Jean Ann Kennedy. She's actually the last surviving sibling. She passed away in 2020. Okay. She was the 25th ambassador to Ireland in the 90s, which is pretty cool. Oh, wow. And she has a bunch of kids, too. She doesn't have 11, though. She has four. You know, we kind of keep it low. Four kids for the Kennedys is, like, not a lot. No. So then we have Ted Kennedy. He is the youngest sibling. He becomes a senator at 30. He lost his battle to brain cancer in 2009. He has three kids. And obviously, one of the things that he's unfortunately known for is Chappaquiddick. Right. Which isn't good because uh, there's another whole tragedy with that. So Yeah, not great. So <laughs> again, Cape Cod, I might consider a different vacation property. So <laughs> I might consider just not going to Cape Cod in the islands. I, I might steer clear. Right. So it's July 1969. He is driving an old black Oldsmobile mm. and it plunged off the dike bridge on the tiny island of Chappaquiddick, which is off of Martha's Vineyard. It lands upside down in the tidal pond. And he survives it. He gets out. But Mary Jo Kopechny, who is a political strategist or operative who worked on Robert Kennedy's campaign, is in the car. And mm. she does not survive. Mm. So what's hard about this is Kennedy claims that he dove into the strong, you know, the strong and murky current. And remember, the water's cold. Right. And he's trying to find her, but he can't. So he makes his way back to the cottage. And then he drives back to the scene with his cousin and his aide, and they both try to reach Kopechny. This is according to Kennedy. Right. But we don't know what really happened because they don't report the accident at the time. Kennedy returns to his hotel. She remains underwater for nine hours oh. until her body is recovered the next morning. So what's hard is Kennedy claims, you know, he hadn't driven drunk and there was there was no immoral conduct. Mm. Um, and to his credit, there has never been any real proof that he had any sort of like sexual relationship with her. Right. But again, the police couldn't test his blood alcohol level because he waited so long. And he probably waited so long because obviously he has a career in politics and the Kennedy name to protect. Right. So to me, it feels like she was a casualty of something that I don't think should have been bigger than her life, but that's what it seemed like happened. 
Kennedy was charged with involuntary manslaughter, mm. but the police couldn't establish that he did anything illegal, like speeding or driving under the influence. Right. So he got like, obviously a driving suspension because you know, that'll happen. Right. And then he received a two month jail sentence, which was suspended. So he basically got off scot-free. That's just, that's insane to me. I mean, you know, know, was that then or was that later? Cause I know they opened the case up later, correct? I don't have a lot of information about later, but Again, it's just all we can really go off of are his words. And obviously, he has a reputation to protect. What's weird is that they were heading, like he said that, oh, you know, Kopechny didn't feel well. And they were heading for the ferry to Edgerton where they were both staying in different hotels. But Kopechny left her purse and hotel room key behind at the cottage. So it doesn't really make, like, things just don't really add up in this story. I don't know what I believe, to be honest. I just, I believe that he waited too long because either he knew he was under the influence and was thinking about the optics and panicked. But yeah, yeah, it it pays to be a candidate. Well, no, and it really does because, you know, they have a lot of influence. They had a lot of power. They had a lot of money. And, and, you know, when that happens, uh, bad things can happen and they can brush it under the rug. Unlike uh, people like us that, you know, go out and uh, do bad things and we all get caught. So uh, hopefully none of us do that. But the normal people is what I mean. But this makes me go back to this curse thing, because I do think that anybody associated with the Kennedys, uh, whether you're married or you're having an affair or you're in a freaking plane with them, there could be a consequence. I mean, Marilyn Monroe being one of them. Yep. And, and that's the thing, too. In JFK and his siblings, you know, you have four that die, right. you know, relatively young. Right. You have one that's institutionalized with a botched lumbotomy. So five out of the nine kids yeah. doesn't go great. Not great odds. So but in total, OK, with all the kids that they had, there's 29 cousins, not counting Patrick, who, who died after a day. Right. Right. So the next generation of Kennedys, let's look at them. Okay. What happened to them? Okay. So I did do some digging. Obviously, newborn Patrick Kennedy passes away in 1963. Right. He had lung problems. Ted Kennedy Jr. in 1973 is diagnosed with a form of bone cancer in his right leg, and his leg is amputated. The cancer does not reoccur. He lives, but his leg is amputated. Mm. So then you move into David Kennedy. So it's 1984, and that's the son of Robert and Ethel Kennedy. He dies of a drug overdose in Palm Springs. Wow. So we're getting into some drug stuff. And I think Patrick Kennedy III has been open about his struggles with mental illness and addiction. So we're starting to see kind of these threats. So then you have Michael Kennedy in 1997. He's killed in a skiing accident in Aspen. He is 39. And then you have, obviously, John F. Kennedy and Carolyn Bissett Kennedy and Carolyn's sister in 1999. They die in a plane crash off of Martha's Vineyard, and JFK Jr. was piloting the plane. So my weird kind of connection to this is I was on the Cape when this happened. Oh, wow. I was in, it was the summer before sixth grade, and my best friend had come up with me to the Cape to spend a week. My best friend had a fear of flying. We had driven up, but she was going to fly back home because we were staying longer. So we're trying to get her like calm about the plane ride. JFK crashes that plane the day before. Oh, wow. And so the next morning, the Boston Globe is up and we look at it. We're like, (gasps) and we're like, we cannot let her see this because she's going to freak out if she knows literally a plane just crashed off of Martha's Vineyard the day before she's supposed to leave. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not great. But of course, she ends up seeing the paper and is like, oh, heck no. 
And she would, listen, she was a determined 12-year-old. She did not get on that plane. Her mother had to drive the five hours up to Cape Cod to pick her up because she would not get on a plane because JFK Jr. had just died. And of course, a friend of yours who's 12 years old is looking at the newspaper or watching the news, right? Well, the newspaper was just out. It was one of those things like, I mean, it's, it's 1999. We're not doing 24-hour news, but it's just the paper was always out. So my grandparents would get the Boston Globe, okay. the local paper, and it would just be out. And of course, the splashy front page is JFK Jr. crashes plane off of Martha's Vineyard. Oh, not great. No. And, you know, it's it's really strange. And it's almost like, did all of them have really bad past lives to where they were just really horrible people and now they're having to serve karma? Seriously? I mean, really? I don't know. How did this happen? No, I know. And it just kept going and going. And now I know Maria Shriver, she's the daughter of one of... Yes. Right. Eunice. Eunice. Yeah, she's the daughter of Eunice. I was going to say Eunice, but I wasn't sure. And she's... Yeah, and she's actually done a lot of good. Yeah, so then we keep going with the kids. Yeah. So then we have Kara Kennedy. This okay. is 2011. Okay. She's the daughter of Edward Kennedy. So he's still alive at this point. She dies at 51 of a heart attack while at the gym, wow. which is pretty young to die of a heart attack. Yes. I mean, obviously a heart attack can kill you whenever, but 51 is young. And so then we have Mary Kennedy, and this is 2012. So she's the estranged wife of Robert Kennedy Jr. Okay. And she dies of suicide mm. uh, during her divorce and custody battle. Okay. So then you have Christopher Kennedy Lawford in 2018. He dies of a heart attack at 63. Wow. He's the son of Patricia Kennedy. Yes. And then we're getting into grandchildren. So, okay, it's the name of the girl that was in Lady Bird. I cannot say this name. Sorcy? Sorcy? Yes. Do you yes, know that, like, yes. Irish name? Yes. Yeah, it's, it doesn't even sound like that name. Like, it, it's spelt like Sorcy, but it's not. It's like Pamela. But, you know, it's so different. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah it's like, you're like, that's not what that looks like. It's like yeah. Siobhan. Yeah. It looks like Sibahan. Yeah. You're like, wait a second. Right. So we'll call her S. Uh, S. Kennedy Hill, she's the granddaughter of Robert and Ethel Kennedy. She dies of a suspected drug overdose at 22. Mm. So we have drugs. And then Maeve Kennedy Townsend McKean, and this is in 2020. This is the most recent that I know of. Robert F. Kennedy's granddaughter, so another granddaughter, and young son went missing in a canoeing accident on the Chesapeake Bay. Mm -hmm. They had popped in the canoe because a ball had gone missing and it was in the water. And the strong currents overtook them and they died. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Yeah, that one was very, very recent, but it was kind of during the height of the pandemic, so I think it didn't maybe get the coverage. But I mean, again, not great, but it's still out of 29 cousins. It's not as bad as the odds of being one of the nine siblings of JFK. You just wonder if somebody, you know, got a hold of this and they're like, okay. It may be a practicing witch or something, seriously, but way back when, and said, okay, I'm going to put a curse on this family because, you know, whatever the reason. I don't know if that kind of stuff works. Do you think it's just because they had a whole lot of kids and they just had bad luck? It's hard to say. I mean, going off your whole karma thing, Joseph Kennedy definitely stokes yeah. that karma. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, again, I think when you just have that many kids, the odds are higher. But, but some of this stuff, too, when we're getting into the next generation, right, after the siblings, yeah. you're starting to see more drugs, suicide. So it's also like, okay, is the pressure of being a Kennedy legacy, you know, does that drive people to things like that? Has the trauma that this family gone through, this generational trauma, kind of caused some of the grandchildren to seek out drugs or some sort of comfort? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's what I think so, too. Like, how much of it is a curse and how much of it is a product of what's happened kind of influencing and impacting the future generations and how they react? But like, if you think you're cursed, you know, there's no way any of these people haven't 
heard of the Kennedy curse. Right. You know, do you kind of carry that with you? That idea that you're cursed. Right. And you know, just the fact you're right. Uh, I'm a Kennedy. I have certain standards I have to live up to. Uh, people look up to us, whatever. And maybe they don't feel that way, but they are still told to feel that way and they can't handle it. And a lot of times I think people are missed when, you know, there's mental issues and some of that gets misdiagnosed. I think sometimes people just get or have addictive personalities and that gets misdiagnosed into something else and they still drink or they still do drugs or whatever. And and it just happens to be a Kennedy, which splashes all over the front page or all over the internet or all over the news. But I, I still think what's going on is you're a Kennedy. You need to live up to it. And I do think there's a lot of pressure with that. Oh, there's so much pressure. And a lot of times, like, I kind of not play this game, but I think about, you know, JFK is lionized and he wasn't president for like, it was like a thousand days. You know what I mean? He was running for reelection and then Camelot and all this stuff. And I, and I sort of wonder sometimes, you know, how, how popular would he have been? You know, what would the legacy of this family have been if he hadn't been assassinated? I'm not saying obviously that assassination is good, but you know, what would his legacy be? You know, would things get worse? Would he make decisions? You know, it's it's kind of interesting because I I think a lot of the reason, you know, LBJ, who was his vice president Mm -hmm. and became president when he was assassinated, was able to pass, you know, civil rights legislation and stuff like that is because of that grief, that carryover from JFK and, and the things that he wasn't able to accomplish and this feeling in the country. I mean, it's pretty incredible what they were able to pass then. And I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, fulfilling JFK's dreams. You know, sometimes I just wonder how popular of a president would he have been? What would he have accomplished? Could he have passed, you know, the civil rights legislation, for example, if he hadn't been assassinated? You know, how much of that was because he was assassinated and people wanted to see his legacy fulfilled because they just loved this young, exuberant family. There had never been that young of a president. Um, You know, Jackie was pregnant in the White House. It was just this young, vivacious family, the first Roman Catholic in office at the presidency. So sometimes I think about that, too. Like, if history had taken a different path, what would this have looked like? How would we remember JFK? Right. And you know what, though, Meredith, the fact that not one, but two of your kids, two of your own sons were both assassinated, what, five years apart? Yes. And you're like, what? the hell is going on? I mean, first of all, how tragic for the mother to even have to go through that or the wives and the kids and the entire family. But for it to happen again? What? I can't even imagine. And you know, Joseph, the date is escaping me. But you know, he has a stroke. And he's basically an invalid. And he passes by the end of the decade. So she has this kind of sick husband for most of the 60s. Yeah. You know, JFK is assassinated in 63. Robert Kennedy is assassinated in 68. And then by the end of the decade, her husband is dead. And from all I can see, she loved this man desperately. I mean, she fell in love with him at 17. Her dad was like, whoa, pump the brakes. This is too soon. They kind of had a secret relationship until it was deemed okay. But, I mean, she's been in love with this man since her teens. And so she loses him. And at that point, she's lost four of her children, plus, you know, her daughter who's institutionalized. I don't know how she didn't uh, die after this whole situation. She her time with charitable works. She just dove in to just helping other people. Like, that's what she did. She was, I mean, she was incredible. Don't mess with Rose. Yeah, yeah that's true. Did she ever get remarried or did she stay single? She stayed single. Okay, yeah. And I think a lot of people in that era just didn't remarry. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so fun. So what do we think? Do we think that there's a curse? Like I said, do we think that they just had too many kids? (laughs) Do we think that just tragedy seems to find these people? Do you think there's maybe an underlying situation where there's misdiagnosed, uh, you know, addiction issues or mental issues? Uh, What do you think? 
I think it's a combination. I think tragedy definitely seems to befall this family. I also think this family is very big. So, you know, there's that. But I also think, especially with some of the addiction issues we see later, I think there's a good chance that, first of all, a lot of times you have like comorbidities. If you have addiction, you also have mental health issues. Not everyone, but a lot of people do. So it's very possible that especially these later generations have, you know, mental health issues, addiction issues to cope with it. But then you also wonder how much, if any of this is influenced by this tragic legacy that they carry. Right, right. So it's kind of like chicken or the egg. You know, what came first? What influences, you know, what? If you already have that underlying mental illness, is it exacerbated by this position? I just, I have a hard time calling them cursed. I think I'm just... I think I'm just the outlier. It's kind of like the show Glee, where everyone says there's a Glee <laughs> curse. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to put that on these people. They've been through enough. Right. You know, and even before the brothers were assassinated, there was a the whole Marilyn Monroe problem. She died. And a lot of people pinned it on the, uh, well, there was a conspiracy that they pinned it on the uh, Kennedys. No one will really know. We don't for sure know. But what do you think about that? Yeah. I don't know. Marilyn, I think JFK and, and her affair definitely played a part. Yeah. I just think she was by the end of her life, so distraught. Uh-huh. You know, she really, she wanted to have children. She had miscarriage. It just didn't work. You know, by the end of her marriage to Arthur Miller, I mean, they're having affairs with other people. It's right. just, she, she just didn't have, and she had such a tragic childhood. Right. I just think all that stuff, you know, she turned to barbiturates and, and stuff that they prescribed, like, can't, I mean, back then, like, they were just prescribing this stuff, oh, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. As, as a way to cope when she probably could have used, like, talk therapy and maybe, like, some Lexapro or something right but I mean, yeah, yeah just yeah. just tragic well it's kind of like with uh, Judy Garland they were giving her a pill to go to sleep they were giving her a pill to wake up they were yeah. yep. they were making her smoke cigarettes to keep her thin it was just ridiculous and this poor woman once she was too old or wasn't good enough for whatever movie they didn't did or didn't want her in uh, she was just thrown away and she she died kind of a very tragic life too yeah, exactly. It's it's interesting because like we glamorize old Hollywood and it is wonderful and glamorous and there's these funny sassy stories of yeah. these women just being wonderful, but a lot of it is tragic and it's it's amazing how much studios control. I mean, even with Elizabeth Taylor, she had to marry Conrad Hilton basically as a publicity stunt. Oh, yeah. They were like, yeah. "This is good because we have a movie coming out, Father of the Bride, and we want to transition you from child star to adult star. How will people know you're a fully formed woman?" If you're not married to a man, right? I mean, um, you know, it's just like, wow, I cannot believe a studio had control over that. And, and even, I mean, there's kind of debate over Marilyn's divorce from her first husband. Did the studio say, Hey, we, we can't have you married. It's either you stay married or you get divorced. Or was it that her, her first husband really didn't like the modeling and the acting and didn't want her to do that when he came home from war. Yeah. And so she decided, no, this is what I want. I've seen kind of both sides of that. So it, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. Right. Well, it was funny in Hollywood, it was all about the morals and how good you looked and how it looked with the public and really was nothing about it inside the entire situation. Uh, they were doing everything they could to keep you looking great when there was so much scandal, so much manipulation, so much of all of that and you've got some really messed up people as a result it's it's, it is wild the number of marriages and affairs and just uh drug addictions it's it's horrible and that's what i want to talk to you because guys i'm going to have meredith is going to be my little historian now i've deemed her my hollywood historian so she's going to come back we're going to talk about Marilyn. we're also going to talk about elizabeth taylor we're going to talk about so many different things here and there we'll sprinkle them in princess margaret too oh honey can we talk about so here (laughs) for pm 
Yeah, Princess Margaret. Yeah, she is Queen Elizabeth, who, um, God rest her soul, she just passed away. She is Queen Elizabeth's sister. Uh, her name is Margaret. And yeah, we're going to do one on her too. So you're going to be back. So I want you. Oh, you should be because this could be fun. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you or follow you on TikTok or listen to your blog, tell everybody where they can find you. Definitely. So my TikTok where I'm covering all this old Hollywood stories is Meredith Constant, all one word. That's on TikTok. You can also find me on Instagram, Meredith Constant. I have a personal blog called The Meredish, where if you just want to see some of my writing, it's mostly on motherhood and kind of life. And then I do have a podcast. It's it's very different from this. It's with my brother. It's called Constant Reality Tech, and we recap reality TV shows. A little bit of Housewives, a little bit of Life After Lockup, WeTV, which is the best reality TV because it hasn't been totally corrupted by, like, influencers and people who are trying to protect their images. These people are straight out of prison. They're like, let's go. It is a fascinating show. I love it. I want to like spread the word about life after lockup and all its iterations. So definitely wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you listen to Leslie, you can find constant reality checks. So check it out. Guys, I've already listened to it. I do watch the housewives, but I watch the ones that they're not covering right now, but they will. And she just introduced me to life after lockup. So I'm totally going to watch that because I love documentaries. I like real TV. I like things that are real. Uh, I mean, I love fiction. I, I write fiction, but there's something about real TV that not every one's gotten hold of and it's not just completely convoluted and I love that about real tv so can I nerd out for a second the other thing I love about this which is just my nerdy brain is it's really interesting it's a real look at at how people get into the prison system and kind of get stuck in the prison system and who has outside support and a safety net and that really determines who's able to make it and who doesn't I find it fascinating. So I find that aspect of the show really interesting. And just some of the storylines, you're like, wow, you really put that on TV. Like, what are they paying you with? Like a Chili's gift card? You're really putting it out. Like you are putting it out there. I This would never be on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Well, you know, they have those PR teams and, oh, you can't say this or you shouldn't say that. And you're going to look bad if you do that. And, you know, these people, it sounds like they're real. See, now I really want to watch it uh, for sure and do it like immediately. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. We actually interviewed one of the most popular cast members, oh, really? uh, Lindsay and Blaine. And it was just so interesting to talk to her and just find out like kind of like what happened and get the behind the scenes that she could tell us about prior seasons she'd been on. I love looking at that behind the scenes of how this all came about, yes. what production is like, what was cut out of order, what we weren't shown. I, I love that stuff. Right. No, and I've actually interviewed someone who went to prison, was at a younger age because she was inadvertently caught up in the drug situation and they arrested her and she was locked up for a while so I interviewed her as you know what it was like to be a woman in in prison you know in federal prison and then also I interviewed a man who preps people for prison he went to federal prison as well and um, he gave me the ins and outs of what you do the kinds of things you have to do to get out early and so anybody wants to listen to some of those you can do that too they're way down but yeah anyone that's me I'm gonna go back and listen yeah yeah. oh yeah they're they're incredible and like I said I interviewed anyone and everyone who interests me. So this is why this podcast, this particular episode is so exciting for me because it's a little bit out of my normal paranormal part. And that's why I was letting her do more of the talking because I want to go woo and say, do you think a witch put a curse on the Kennedys? (laughs) (laughs) 
I love it because it's not a question I normally get. You know, like know, this didn't come up in my history classes at school. What do we think about the witch component? You know right, what I mean? It right. just doesn't come up, which I like. Which, which obviously not. But, you know, you just kind of go, what did you do in a past life? There's a whole other woo-woo thing. So, um, but no, Meredith, you have been fantastic. Like I said, I'll have you back on. I'm going to put all of your information on my show notes. And guys, go listen to her podcast, Constant Reality Check. She does fun little shows with uh, her brother. And it's on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So I uh, want to thank you again, Meredith, for coming to do chat with me today. Thank you so much. This has been so much fun. This is not work. This is just chatting with a friend. Well, I love providing because I want to know at no cost. So if you like what you heard, please leave me a five-star review or you can just buy me a cup of coffee. It's kind of like a Patreon, but you don't have a monthly subscription and you can give whatever you feel led to give. I am a one-woman show and I do all of my scheduling and my interviewing and my editing. So just know your support is so greatly appreciated. And one more thing, I am a paranormal romance novelist and you can find all of my books on Amazon. Just look up my name. I'm very easy to find. Thank you guys again and I will see you next week.